0: Suppose you were a man. How would you like to have someone say to you, Get into a cool dress, honey, and meet me at the embassy for a drink? Well, if your name was identical except for one letter, you'd react as did young Mr. Garrett, who blamed young Miss Barrett. Tell me, Miss Foreman, who has charge of the leases in this building?
1: A hey, Mr. Grover, I believe. Get in. On the phone, Mr. Garrett? Here in my
0: office. I want to find out why this Mary Barrett constitutional rights are in better working order than mine. Mm-hmm. Well, a thing like this could only happen in wartime Washington, we're told. But, uh, judge for yourself. As Author's Playhouse presents Robert Carson's hilarious story of two names that uh, shook the nation's capital. A call for Mr. Garrett.
1: Calling Mr. Garrett. Do you wish to speak to him?
0: I don't recognize the name, but then I suppose everybody in the world calls the OJF.
1: It might be somebody important, a union leader or a new war production official.
0: Yeah, or even a State Department man. I'll talk to him. Yes, sir. Hello? Hello. Your voice sounds like a man's. Have you caught cold, honey? Who are you calling? Oh. <laughs> That's whom are you calling, chum? <laughs> Listen, is Mary Barrett there? No. This is Lloyd Garrett. Very funny. Get married, will you? Now then, chum, you listen. Ah, temper, temper. You have the office of the director of OJF in Washington, D.C. It happens that my name is Garrett, and the switchboard operators made a mistake. The Mary Barrett you're calling is a resident of this apartment house in which we have our offices. But she's not a part of our organization. Is that clear? Sure. I think I got you several times before. Didn't I try to give you an assignment the other day? Possibly. I'm a busy man, Mr. Price. Uh, so am I. Transfer me back to the operator and forget I called you Honey. Miss Borman. Oh Paul, the stupid. Yes,
1: sir.
0: A man just called me Honey. Yesterday I was asked to get into a cool dress and come to some embassy for cocktails. Three times in the past week I've been addressed by pet names and told I was beautiful, or to get out a few pages of copy quickly. This has got to stop.
1: Yes, Mr. Barrett.
0: I, I mean, yes, Mr. Garrett. Everything will stop. Everything, until I get to the bottom of this.
1: Garrett sounds like Barrett.
0: To use a common phrase, so what?
1: You can't blame us. We don't know all the voices yet.
0: It appears to be a simple problem in phonetics.
1: Uh, They call and say, give me Garrett, please. It sounds like Garrett anyhow. I think it must be pretty important if they call you by your last name, Mr. Barrett.
0: You're going to find it's important to call me Mr. Garrett?
1: I mean Mr. Garrett. Uh. It's a terrible strain on us girls out here. I don't think I can stand up under it much longer. Who
0: can? Hereafter, you make every caller spell my name. G is in gourmand, B is in bituminous.
1: Like me for victory?
0: Miss Borman, please. Does our switchboard now handle all the calls, including hers? Yes, sir. Get me the chief operator.
1: She's off today, sir. But if you'll pardon me, sir, I don't think it'll do you any good talking to her. Why not? I've already explained to her how you feel about about the confusion in the calls. I asked her what she could do about it. And what was her answer? <laughs> Nothing. Nothing! Uh, yes, sir. Her outfit is understaffed. She has two inexperienced girls, and they're swamped with calls. And furthermore... Well,
0: go on. Furthermore what?
1: Now, mind, I'm just repeating her words, sir. Yes, yes, yes. She said it was just your hard luck if your name sounds like that of the dame on the fifth floor.
0: Well, we'll see about that. In the meantime, can't she and those glamour girls she employs distinguish between miss and mister?
1: I asked her that, too. But she said not the way they're working. Yeah. Besides... It's like I told you, Mr. Bar- uh, Garrett. a lot of callers just give the last name. People in Washington are in an awful hurry these days, it seems like.
0: I hadn't noticed. All right, but get this, Miss Warman. I've been working 15 hours a day for the past six months. My nervous system is beginning to part, strand by strand. Oh,
1: Mr. Bar- uh, Garrett, uh, not without the advice of your physician. He'd
0: like my advice. His is doing the same thing. Now, I know I shouldn't allow so trivial a matter to stampede me into a neurosis.
1: Have you tried vitamins?
0: no. Things are beyond repair. Miss Barrett of the fifth floor has become a symbol, uh, a fly in the ointment. Yes, sir. All the resources of OJF will be mobilized if necessary. She must be wiped out as Carthage was wiped out by the Romans.
1: We're all assorted nationalities here, Miss Barrett, but no Romans. Oh,
0: Skip, it, Miss Foreman. Purely an unfortunate historical illusion. Uh, tell me, who has charge of the arrangements in this building?
1: Uh, Mr. Grover, I believe. He's in the HPFS. Get him. On the phone?
0: Here in my office. I want to find out why this Mary Barrett's constitutional rights are in better working order than mine. You're familiar with the details of our setup, Grover? Yeah. What's biting you? Why haven't we control of the whole building? We will have pretty soon. How soon? Well, what's the beef? Considering that when they finish our offices in the Pentagon, we'll check in there. That's in the future. Our needs are immediate and urgent. There's only one tenant left. Yes, the straw that broke the camel's back. What's that? Nothing. Go ahead. Well, as the leases in the tenants' expires, they weren't renewed. Those that didn't have leases had to move right away. Now, the Miss Garrett... Barrett! uh, That's right. Mm. Miss Barrett has around five months to go on her lease, and the whole joint is ours. Have you tried to persuade her to leave before the expiration of her lease? There's no necessity. One suite out of a whole building doesn't make any difference. It makes a difference to me. That's too bad, because she's got it down in black and white. Oh, so, well, why can't we refuse to punish her with further phone service? She's got that down in black and white, too. I demand that she be ejected. You'd better see the Supreme Court if you feel that way about it. There might be other stops in between, but that's where it'll go eventually. Remember, this is a free country. <laughs>
1: Stand for me, Mr. Barrett. Mr. Garrett.
0: Miss Foreman, Grover was in here yesterday. He couldn't solve our predicament involving Miss Barrett. He
1: isn't a Roman then either. <clears throat>
0: hmm. Well, I've reconsidered the situation. As an attorney, I recall that appeals to reason often prove more successful in litigation.
1: Whatever you say, Mr. <laughs> Garrett. Uh,
0: perhaps Miss Barrett is an intelligent person. I may be able to point out her unpatriotic action in upsetting the routine of a great republic at war.
1: Unless she's
0: a spy. Nothing so simple, I'm sure. No, I have concluded that a personal call is the solution.
1: And maybe you could find out why she's a honey and how she gets invited to MC Cocktail parties.
0: Miss Foreman, this will not be an inquiring reporter call. I'm leaving now for lunch.
1: Yes, sir. Where can I reach you in an emergency?
0: On the fifth floor in Miss Barrett's apartment. No lease. nobody'd want to go on living in this madhouse uh, here's the apartment the sign on the door mary barrett not of the ojf visitors will please remove shoes prior to entering as this is headquarters for all japanese spies <sighs> hello sure hot ain't it come on in she's in
1: the living room thank you you look like you're going to drop. do a slug a cold lemonade. No,
0: I'm not going to drop. I'll be able to make it into the living room.
2: Yes?
0: Are you Miss Barrett?
2: Yes. Yeah. Oh, have a seat. I'll be with you in a minute. Uh, yes. Yeah. Thank you. Hello. Oh, yes. Yes, I know. Well, I'll write the lead and pick up the rest from the wire service. Uh-huh. Yes, I'm going to put the blowtorch to Senator Craig Hill this afternoon. <laughs> sure, okay. So long. Now, what can I do for you?
0: Uh, I'm Garrett of OJF.
2: Well, well, the mountain comes to Muhammad. What do you know? Got something exciting for me?
0: I fear not.
2: Oh, just a neighborly call,
0: hmm? Uh, now that you mention it, yes.
2: Yeah. Let me check my mental file on you. Uh, Lloyd Garrett, brilliant young legalite, expert on economics. Former district attorney turned back on rich rewards in private practice and entered government work, feeling could be of more public service. Oh, you're
0: really making it sound much too colorful.
2: Present head of OJF, bright future in Washington, predicted, but I can't remember where you were born or how long ago.
0: 32 years ago in the town of Apple Blossom, state of Washington.
2: correct. I was born in East Faustoria, Oregon. (laughs) Seems that the paths of glory lead but to Washington, D.C. Want some lemonade?
0: No, thanks. I don't think lemonade would help.
2: You, uh, aren't suffering from sunstroke, are you? Well,
0: it's practically the same thing. Dazzled vision. I didn't expect to see anyone like you up here.
2: Oh, disappointment, hmm? Oh, on the contrary, I mean... Perhaps you and OJF don't consider blondes essential. You don't approve of them.
0: Oh, just the opposite. You probably disapprove of us. I guess our taking over this building has ruined your home for you.
2: Oh, not at all. I love it.
0: Oh, don't be polite.
2: I'm not. Noise and confusion are nectar to me. I've been in newspaper offices since I was high enough to reach a typewriter. I seem to work my best in the midst of pressure.
0: I couldn't stand it.
2: Oh, it's wonderful.
0: I, uh... We should be leaving pretty soon.
2: mm not till my lease is up. Oh,
0: they wouldn't hold you to it.
2: No, but I'll hold them. wish the agreement had a year more to run.
0: <laughs> I see how you feel. You, uh, <clears throat>
2: seem to be intrigued with this dress I'm wearing. is
0: well, it isn't exactly the dress.
2: Well, don't let it deceive you. I'm a rotten typist, and under no circumstances would I dream of impeding the war effort by taking a job with the OJF. Now then. Yes? Well, look, this has been charming, Mr. Garrett, but you see, I covered Mrs. Roosevelt's press conference this morning, and I have a story to get out. My deadline is breathing on my neck.
0: Oh, uh, yes, certainly. Yeah, this is really horrible. I feel sorry for you. Oh,
2: forget it. You were sweet to come down and apologize. But truly, I'm quite happy and content. Besides, it isn't your fault. Well,
0: I'm glad you feel the way you do. Goodbye, Miss Barrett.
2: So long. Come again. Oh, by the way, I'm getting a lot of your calls. You know, the operators seem to mix up our names. Maybe you can do something about it, hmm? Yes, I'll
0: do my best.
2: (laughs) It, uh, might help the
0: cause if you put your hat on frontwards. Huh? Oh, yes, yeah, of course. Thank you. Goodbye. Bye. What came over me? Letting that girl make a complete fool of me? If my will isn't any stronger than that, I shouldn't be head of OJF. On the other hand, though, imagine spending my declining years gazing into those cornflower blue eyes. Oh, if only her name were Smith, I could begin the decline and fall of Lloyd Garrett with pleasure. Hello? Hello, this is Harker. Who? Darling, don't be difficult. Captain Harold Harker, and I adore you. Hello? And this is Price again, honey. For heaven's sake, get on your roller skates and check on which cabinet member is rumored to be resigning. Hello? It's to be a fancy garden party tonight, sweetie. Wear a picture head, will you? Oh, when well, my secretary reported Miss Barrett worked for a newspaper syndicate and... You, Mr. Price, were her chief. I decided I'd better unfold my woes to you on company lunchtime. But uh, what am I supposed to do about it, Garrett? I'm her chief, only in business. Well, use your influence. Appeal to her sense of fair play. Tell her that hanging on to that apartment is un-American. Why can't you do all that? She's only up a few floors. Well, I tried, but uh, it's impossible to argue in my position. I see. Are you married, Garrett? No. I see. Will you stop saying, I see? Apparently, you don't, in the least. Maybe not. I'm kind of innocent and unsuspecting after 30 years in the newspaper game. And another thing. I've come to you in order to avoid needless complications and trouble with Miss Barrett. But if I don't get immediate results, I can go higher. You might mention that in your talk with Miss Barrett.
1: How's the Public Relations counsel for OJF today? <laughs>
0: just possible, Miss Vorman. Hello, Jenkins. Sit down. That'll be all, Miss Vorman. Yes,
1: sir.
0: I see you got your name in all the papers. About what? Quite a spread you rated. Feature page article complete with pictures. Impossible. I haven't given out any in interviews. Of course. This could be just a figment of my imagination. Only the author is Miss Barrett. What? Oh, just a simple piece. Merely a minutely detailed account of OJF and you taking both you and it apart and scattering the dismembered fragments all over 48 states. You're you're joking. Yeah? See if this sounds funny. And I quote, Not only as your faithful reporter, but also as a taxpayer, I am distinctly not pleased with OJF. We outraged citizens must rise and cast this bureau, this stench in the nostrils of good government, forevermore from the memory and appropriations of the nation. Cornflower, blue eyes, and this? this foul act. I'm not familiar with the props, but she's put on a show all the way from New York to San Francisco. It's a pack of lies and exaggerations. The OJF's above suspicion. I don't understand how any newspaper would print such stuff. Yeah. Naturally, this is like accusing George Washington of picking pockets at his inaugural ball. But there are small minds that will stop at nothing. Well, do you, uh, do you think we're as bad as we're painted here? Certainly not. But any good working newspaper man can find holes in the best organization that ever operated. Agency has been put together hastily during an emergency. Everybody makes mistakes. But they've all been corrected. OJF's as clean as a hound's tooth. This is a low, underhanded, unfair, and partisan attack, and I bitterly resent it. As public relations counsel, I bitterly regret it. There's a numerous body of people in this country who read the newspapers. They'll start talking, and they'll start writing their congressmen. I'll welcome an investigation. I won't! My job is to quell these literary riots. They're not fair. Usually I get tipped off in advance to a blast and have a chance to talk things over. This time I didn't. You want to know why it was strictly a sneak punch? Come to think of it? No. I'll tell you anyway. Investigation has disclosed that you're engaged in a personal tiff with the author. From what I hear, she has every right to part your hair with a pickaxe. Have you heard both sides of the story? Hasn't anyone ever told you that you're supposed to ask my advice before you engage in feuds with persons from the public print? This is a private matter. It's public now. I tell you, no one can accuse us of a thing. Somebody already has. Oh, I've never believed it ever. Look, let me earnestly request you not to irritate Miss Barrett any further. Forget those phone calls. If you must pick on somebody, let him be a man and let him not be syndicated. I'll handle this my own way. I strongly advise that your way be the way of a man with a maid. Listen to reason, Garrett. You're using the wrong tactics. A kind word or two, a couple of Tom Collinses, and an evening of dancing will accomplish wonders. Why don't you try evicting her in the moonlight?
2: Double-crossers bearing gifts. Now, don't start throwing flowers. Put up your hands and fight like a man. I
0: realize now I was wrong, and I'm sorry. Okay. I had your retaliation coming to me. All right. Well, you might as well take this orchid. I haven't any use for it.
2: Neither have I. Nor for me. You said it.
0: Very well. Forget me. Forget that we ever quarreled about your apartment, that I tried to make amends, and that I wanted to take you to dinner and a show tonight. Erase me from your memory. It's better so. I'll leave immediately.
2: (laughs) That's a pretty fast snail's pace you cut. Wait a minute. Yes? Don't leave when you're winning. We may be able to come to an understanding yet. Here, sweet. You know, I haven't enjoyed an evening so much since I stumbled on that murder in Chicago and got a clean two-hour beat on the opposition paper.
0: Oh, thanks. I'd rather have you say that than... Gonna have the president call me in for a conference.
2: Well, good night. Uh,
0: Before you leave, I'd like to ask you a question. Yes? What are you doing tomorrow night? Uh,
2: Captain Harker is taking me out.
0: Captain Harold Harker?
2: Yes. Do you know him?
0: No. He adores you.
2: Oh, he adores all the girls. Hal's that kind of a boy.
0: I imagine he's a pretty hot shot in his uniform.
2: Oh, it doesn't do him any harm.
0: Still. Uh, May I call him Hal? Sure. Well, how much does Hal mean to you, Mary?
2: Well, that's a hard question to answer. All I can say is I can take my captains or leave them alone. Well, thank
0: you. In that case, I feel I'm doing hell no injustice by kissing you goodnight.
2: If uh, you've organized the OJF as well as you have your uh, goodnight, I retract every word of that article.
0: I love you, Mary.
2: Oh, that's swell, because I have a strangely mutual feeling. here on the Lincoln Memorial Pool. Let's sit us on a bench a while, hmm?
0: Being with you is wonderful, Mary. Only... Only what? Well, my work's in arrears. I've spent seven evenings in a row with you.
2: Oh, regretting me so soon?
0: Oh, you know I'm not. But letting things pile up anymore would be unpatriotic.
2: <sighs> Even in love, I'm rationed.
0: Mary, I have something to ask you.
2: Fire when ready, Gridley, dear.
0: Well, I don't know just how to broach it, but...
2: Make a try, hmm?
0: Well, the fact is, I've been thinking a lot lately of... A... A little apartment. A small, charming place in a good section. But with the housing situation as it is, I thought it might be less difficult for you to find. That is, with your connections. You could do me an awful big favor if you looked for it. And then... Why,
2: you low creature. You furtive, legal eagle. Well, Mary, what's the matter? Sit down. I wondered whether you really loved me. I should have known better. All you've been doing is trying to get on the good side of me, so I'll move out of your darn building. Mary. You federal snake in the grass. Listen. I'll never listen to you again as long as I live, but I'll be glad to get out of your building. Find me another apartment just as good, and I'll move the same day. For heaven's
0: sake, all I said I was... I heard
2: you. Never speak to me again. <laughs>
0: You heard the news. What news? OJF is moving into the Pentagon. Another agency is taking over these quarters. (laughs) Fine. You're probably the only happy guy in Washington, but I don't think you've got any call to be. And why not? Such delightful irony. Seems to me we rehearsed this scene once. I observe you got yourself some publicity again. Again, I quote Lloyd Garrett, rising young head of OJF, is evidently secretly married. If he isn't, he's being a naughty boy because he's going around looking at apartments for himself and a Mrs. Garrett. I don't want to intrude, but if you aren't going to get married, you'd better. This is not the kind of a notice you get for a good act. Give me that.
1: It's about time you got here. In the living
0: room. You've ruined me. Look at this.
2: I know. I saw it. Oh, darling, I'm sorry. How did it happen? Well, I
0: went looking for the apartment, and they were suspicious of me. I had to say it was for my oh, wife. Oh,
2: you poor angel. I'll do the honorable thing. I'll marry you.
0: When I was talking about the apartment that night, I meant it for both of
2: us. I believe you.
0: I haven't got the time for a honeymoon, and I can't find us any place to live. But oh, well, we can stay here for a while in your apartment.
2: Yes, Lloyd. It'll be lovely. Lloyd.
0: What, darling?
2: I wanted you to come back terribly. But I didn't plant that story in the paper. Lloyd, you do believe me.
0: Well, of course I do. I planted that story myself. Robert Carson's story, A Call for Mr. Garrett. Adapted for Author's Playhouse by Mary C. Quinn and directed by Mr. Harry Bubeck. (laughs) Mr. Olin Soule was heard as Lloyd Garrett, Miss Geraldine Kay as Mary Barrett. Others in the cast of Author's Playhouse tonight were Miss Elmira Ressler, Miss Kay Morrow, Mr. Maurice Copeland, and Mr. Gilly Shea. The music was arranged and performed by Mr. Lou Webb. Next week, Author's Playhouse will bring you Evelyn Waugh's strange tale of the Brazilian jungle, The Man Who Liked Dickens. <laughs> Beginning next Monday, Arthur's Playhouse will be heard one half hour earlier over most of these stations. 11.30 p.m. Eastern Wartime or 10.30 Central Wartime. This is the National Broadcasting Company.